Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Big day. IU gets its first real test of the season as they host St. John's tonight in part of the Gabbett Tip-Off Games series, which actually got underway last night. And speaking of that, Michigan got beat on their home court by Seton Hall of the Big East last night. So that's coming up tonight. Big one for IU. Big early season test for the Hoosiers. Uh, That's going to be fun to see what happens here early on. Also coming up today, we're going to talk about Gabe Cups, uh, a, a recruit in the 2023 class that we have discussed a lot in recent weeks. And he has committed as of yesterday evening to the Indiana Hoosiers to become their second recruiting class, second member of their recruiting class here in 2023. So a big news day, Cups commits, IU St. John's tonight. College basketball is here and in full force, and we are your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just a few moments, we are going to be joined by Gabe Cups' father, Brooke Cups. He is actually not only his dad, but also his high school coach at Centerville High School over in Ohio. He's going to join us here in just moments. Later in the hour, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier checks in. We could not catch up with Mike yesterday, but we've got him for our Wednesday program instead. And then in the final segment today, brought to you by Major League Shirt Company, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will join. Lots of local headlines to talk about. Probably none more important than New Albany heading to a football semi-state championship game for the first time ever since uh, football in the state has been governed by the Indiana High School Athletic Association. So we've got all sorts of stuff to get to. It's a game day edition of the program, and that's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget you can check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And, of course, Honey Baked Ham, also your source uh, for all of your Thanksgiving needs as well. All right, let's uh, also remind you that the Thornton's text line is open 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Send a question, comment. Coach Cups joins us here in a moment. We've got IU discussion coming up a little bit later in the hour and of course local sports in the final segment today 502-414-1450. And don't forget that Thornton's is uh, your stop, your daily stop uh, for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. All right, let's get our first guest on, Brooke Cups. He's the high school coach of Gabe Cups, who just committed to IU 
last night. First off, Coach and Dad, congratulations to you, your son, and family. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, excited to learn a little bit more uh, from you today about Gabe and his addition to this IU roster in the future. Uh, if you listen to this program on a regular basis, you know we love to have the high school coaches on because we learned so much about some of these incoming IU guys. But it's kind of a double dose with you because you're also his father. I'm curious, what's what's this process relationship like? It's not just a high school coach advising his uh, player. It's it's a dad advising his son through this as well. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's been interesting. Obviously, been an exciting time for, for Gabe and for our family. Um, you know, we've basketball is pretty much all we do. Like we, I've been a high school, I had a high school coach for 21 years and Gabe's pretty much just growing up around the game. And so, you know, being able to see his dreams kind of, kind of coming into fruition and him realizing, you know, some of the hard work and stuff is, is starting to reap some rewards, I think has been cool. Uh, you know, for him, it's been, it's been a great uh, ex- experience. Really. He's, He's been really lucky to be recruited by great programs with great people. We have, you know, you hear a lot of like, you know, horror stories about some recruiting stuff, and and we've just been really blessed to to uh, engage with a lot of really good coaches and people that, you know, I think genuinely care about the kids that they're recruiting. So just been lucky and have enjoyed the process. Coach Cups, let, let's start as far as it goes with Gabe. Uh, why IU for him? What made him, you, the family so comfortable that Gabe was willing to give his commitment already to the Hoosiers? Yeah, you know, the timing of it for him, he, I think he, we, we entered it pretty early on. Like he kind of went into the summer without any offers and everything kind of exploded. And he, uh, you know, he just kind of, he, he wasn't like, he wasn't like, once you, you know, he's got Ohio State, Indiana, Michigan, Clemson, Stanford, like, he was like, why would I wait if I know where I want to go? I'm not, like, holding out for another offer or anything like that. I, I mean, all those places would be great places. So that part of it was, was just kind of whenever he felt right. And as far as IU was concerned, um, you know, a big, a big appeal for him is, like, it's, it's basketball in Indiana. And, like, that's how he's grown up. Like, that's just, that's all we've done. We, I don't have any hobbies. I coach basketball, and that's pretty much what we do. And uh, and so that's that's kind of been his life. He's been a coach's son forever. And so the appeal of how passionate Indiana is about basketball was a big factor for him. And then once he got had the opportunity to kind of get to know um, the coaches and stuff, he really he really liked you know the feel of it. He just said it just kept saying it feels right. It just feels feels like a place where he would want to be, where he can grow and uh, where he was wanted he did I think that's a big factor in recruiting and when I'm talking to our other guys um, I think you know going someplace where you are wanted is a big deal because those you know those coaches have invested in you and they believe in you and so they'll allow you to play through some mistakes which are going to happen when you're you know when you come into the Big Ten and uh, so he felt like um, you know felt like Coach Woodson and the staff um, he was a priority for him and um, I think I think that that was a was a factor too. He felt like it was someplace that they wanted him, and for for who he was, I I always say Gabe is an acquired taste in terms of in terms of recruiting and coaching and stuff. He he's not he's not super flashy, uh, but he does a whole lot of things to affect winning and impact winning, and uh, and you know so finding a place like you know I think Coach Woodson appreciates that and and values what he can bring to the table. So um, 
it was a, it was a it was a great fit. I think it's a really good fit for him. I think he'll love it there, and I, I you know I hope hope Indiana you know embraces him and loves what he brings. Yeah, I don't think you got to worry about that, Coach Cups. We're talking with uh, Brooks Cups, <laughs> the father and high school coach of of Gabe Cups, who committed to Coach Woodson and staff last night. You know, a lot of the interviews that I have read uh, it, during this recruiting, especially here over the last month or so. Gabe has talked in some of those interviews about Coach Woodson's plan to revitalize IU basketball and to return it to the top of the college basketball landscape. Uh, that's one of the, his go-to kind of quotes uh, from some of these interviews. That that conversation, those conversations about that with Coach Woodson has really resonated with Gabe, hasn't it? It has. Um, you know, that, that's definitely something that stood out to him, that the challenge of that appeals to him. Like he's, Gabe's always kind of, he's kind of always seen himself and kind of been in that underdog, like prove people wrong role. Um, and that's like, he likes that and there's no doubt. And he, he plays with a little chip and a little edge. And so I think the opportunity to kind of, you know, reestablish that and get that back, back to where, um, you know, Coach Woodson and everyone thinks it should be, I think is something that he really embraces and, and likes about that opportunity. Uh, I would describe Gabe, I think most have, as a true point guard, and that's not a phrase uh, that's used as much in our basketball world where positions and their responsibilities have changed and kind of the new game that we're playing now. Can you describe Gabe's, and, uh, Gabe's game and what makes him really a true point guard that can handle the ball, can run the offense, and as you said, affect winning in so many different ways. Yeah, I, that's that's another part of the acquired taste, I think. I think, uh, you know, some, some teams just don't play like that anymore, and that's not what they're looking for in a point guard. And so I think Gabe needed to be in a situation where that is what they were looking for. They wanted more of that old-school team leader, director for a team and running a program. And so, um, you know, that's, that's just kind of what he does and what he's always done. He, uh, you know, he can, he, he's, he's skilled, obviously. I mean, he works hard at that and at that part of it. And, uh, and, but I think that the stuff that he does between the whistles is, is a big deal. And the, you know, the, the energy he brings to a practice and the accountability he brings uh, with his teammates and the, you know, the work that he puts in establishes some trust and, um, you know, his willingness and ability to hold people accountable, um, you know, those are big deals in our program and in the way we run things. And so I think uh, I think that's a little bit of that old school point guard mentality, too, is where, like, you know, you're going to make sure you're gonna make sure we're going to win first and foremost. And then everything else just kind of factors in after that. We're talking with Brooks Cups. He's the father and high school coach of Gabe Cups, who committed to the Hoosiers in the 2023 class last night. Gabe, a junior, a point guard, plays at Centerville, Ohio uh, High School. Coach, um, I, I'm curious, Ja'Kai Newton, the other 2023 recruit uh, that's already verbally committed to the program, uh, with all the world of travel basketball and summer basketball, do you guys know him? Do Gabe and Ja'Kai know each other? Have you seen him play? What do you know about them and that potential co uh, combo coming years from now, a few years from now for IU? Yeah, you know, we, we don't really know him. Uh, I think we saw him once um, over the summer. We, we were down in Georgia and played in, played in Atlanta. We played Milton and several, several teams down there. Um, but we did not play uh, Newton, uh, Ja'Kai's school. 
but Gabe, you know, Gabe's watched a ton of film on him now since, you know, since he decided this is, you know, Indiana was where he wanted to be. And so they have actually been talking a little bit. They've texted back and forth. Jakai called him last night. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a cool part of the whole thing. And, you know, travel basketball nowadays has such a bad, bad rap, but the, the good part of it is like kids get to know each other and they develop relationships and friendships that, you know, really last the rest of their lives. And so, um, you know, he's looking forward to it. He's, he's texted back and forth and with, uh, Jakai kind of through the last probably three weeks. Um, and so, you know, he's, he's excited to get the opportunity. I mean, he is a crazy explosive athlete and I'm sure he's a, I haven't watched very much film on him, but, um, you know, Gabe will come over and show me a couple dunks and he's like, dude, look at Jakai. (laughs) (laughs) So, so he's excited about that part of it. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Great stuff. I want to learn more about your, your high school program as well. Obviously, Gabe is a big part of it. He'll be a junior for you this season and a very key player. But uh, you guys in Centerville have a very competitive program that I think is expected to have a big year at Ohio in Ohio high school basketball. Yeah, I mean we so we we won our first state championship last year in in Division One, which is a big school division in Ohio. Um, had to kind of go through. We got the big Catholics, all boy Catholic schools in Southwest Ohio, so we kind of had to go through Archbishop Moeller and. Uh, Cincinnati Elder, um, Cincinnati St. Xavier, and uh, and kind of made our way through. But we we returned seven of our top eight guys from last year. Uh, we got Tom House, who's a six uh, six six wing guy that's committed to Florida State. Um, Rich Rolf is a six seven um, kind of forward force that committed to Drexel and decommitted, so his recruiting still open. But he'll he's definitely a scholarship um, scholarship player, kind of mid mid or high major level. Um, and then we've got some we got some other really good guys. We got a couple multi-sport guys that'll probably be college football guys. Um, got a soccer player that just lost in the state championship game of soccer this year for for us. Um, we've got a good group coming back. We we graduated a couple of really really good core culture guys. Um, and I don't know. I've been coaching long enough to where I realize how important those guys are. Those guys that maybe don't get to play all the time, but. Um, get guys ready in practice and have great attitude and, you know, um, you know, just make the locker room a positive environment. So we're going to, we've got to figure out how to replace those guys, but we do have a good group coming back and, you know, things got to go your way in order for stuff to play out. All right, coach. Like it did for us last year. All right, coach cups. I've got to ask this. Uh, you're a high school coach in Ohio. You've won a state championship in the Buckeye state. Ohio state was one of the schools that also, heavily recruited Gabe, offered him a scholarship, uh, was in his final three along with Stanford. How hard was it to turn down the in-state Big Ten program at Ohio State? And uh, will there be any blowback for that? I'm thinking if roles were reversed and you were in Indiana and Gabe was playing his prep ball here in Indiana, obviously fans and, and supporters hate to lose in-state guys. What, what's the feel over there? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I That's not – I mean, if we get – blowback we get blowback I think it's the it's Gabe's decision and we he needs to make a decision that he thinks is best for him and where he feels like um is the best situation for for what he's trying to do um I coach coach Holtman and coach Diedler coach Pete and those guys at Ohio State are great um you know one of the hardest things in this whole process was to evaluate the the programs because everybody's in a different place so like 
you know, Ohio State, Coach Holtman's in his fifth or sixth year. He's got his culture completely developed. He's only got his guys in the program, and they're they're established and they're they're really really good. Um, and so, you know, that's obviously appealing. Um, and I think Coach Holtman is an incredible coach. Um, and then you know, like Michigan was in the picture, talking to Big Ten, and Michigan's kind of the same way. They're a little bit newer in the program, but you know, Coach Howard has guys coming in and. Um, you know, they, they offered Gabe pretty early and, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of, he was like their only point guard they had offered for a, for a while. And, um, and it was, it's like, now you're trying to evaluate Indiana where, you know, coach Woodson is new. They don't have their culture completely established yet. You, you know, he talks about the vision and what he sees in it and you can kind of see it starting to form. Um, but it's a little bit more of a it's a little bit more of a risk and a gamble in terms of you don't really know for sure what you're getting. Um, so that part of it was a little bit tough. But you know Ohio State just the the consistency that they've been able to play with with Coach Holtman um, it was hard. But it's not it's not what Gabe felt like he 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 just kept coming back to this feels right Indiana feels right it feels like that's where I should play that's where I that's where I want to go. And so you know I don't know I think. I think that's a big deal. I think how you feel about a place is a pretty big deal. You can look at all the stats and you can look at all the, you know, the, you know, analytics about a game. I can tell you how I feel about whether we played well or didn't play well in a game. So I think, you know, Gabe trusting his gut and going with what he thinks is best for him is is great. I think he'll he's able to make that decision without any regrets and without any hesitation and move forward all in. That's Brooks Cups. He's the father and high school coach of Gabe Cups, 2023 point guard who committed to the Hoosiers on Tuesday night. Coach Cups, it was uh, so great to have you with us today. Um, and as you guys get your high school season rolling in Ohio, we'll look forward to staying in touch with you from time to time and uh, following your progress, not just of Gabe, but of your of your team as well. And appreciate the, the chat today. That's great. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Absolutely. Always great to have high school coaches with us of these IU targets. And, of course, now in Gabe's case, a recruit. And pretty neat that he also is his father. So some really good insight today. And we'll continue to keep up with Coach Cups as the high school season arrives in our border state of Ohio. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back in segment two with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Big game tonight for the Hoosiers, 9 p.m. tip-off, part of the Gavit Games, IU host St. John's. We'll preview that contest. We'll talk more about Gabe Cups' commitment to the Hoosiers. Uh, All coming your way here in just a moment. Don't forget the text line is open, 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back here on this Wednesday program. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is my guest. You can read his work at thedailyhoosier.com. 
and follow him on social media at daily underscore Hoosier. Mike is normally with us on Tuesdays, but he's with us here on this Wednesday show today to help preview a big game tonight for the Hoosiers hosting St. John's, one of their big early season tests. And Mike, I had forgotten with the pandemic season a year ago how much we missed the Gavit tip-off games and special events like that to kind of help get the college basketball season rolling. But we've got some good basketball tonight and in future days coming up with the Gavit games and, of course, the Big Ten ACC Challenge not far along. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely one of the times every year we really get to see what a team is all about. And I think, you know, both from an Indiana and a St. John's perspective, we're, we're going to find that out tonight. You, you use the phrase good basketball and that that's exactly what I'm hoping to see tonight I, I think these two teams play styles that I think will avail themselves to some really entertaining basketball I expect a lot of tempo in this game a lot of transition a lot of you know turnovers hopefully not too much from the Indiana side but um, you know, I, I just think it's, there's going to be a lot of action. It's not going to be a slow, methodical basketball game. Yeah, absolutely. Talking with uh, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, you know, Indiana doesn't have a, a big dressed-up non-conference schedule this year. We've discussed that heading into the year. So I think there's a lot of importance uh, as far as resumes go, and I know it's crazy in mid-November to think ahead to March in the NCAA tournament. But this St. John's game, the Syracuse game, they're not deal-breakers for Indiana, a team trying to to get back into the tournament. But a win tonight, even at home, uh, given the rest of the Hoosiers' non-conference schedule, would be very helpful. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, me, everyone kind of doesn't – still doesn't know for sure what we've got here with this Indiana team. I mean, they looked fantastic on Friday night, not so much in, in their opener. Um, but, you know, obviously the, the opposition isn't, isn't what you would expect. So this is kind of just a, a statement game, you know, not just for us that cover them for a, a living, but really nationally, you know, NCAA committee, across the board, people want to know how, how does this new Mike Woodson regime stack up against high major competition? And, you know, St. John's, like I said, is, is much the same. They, they've played a couple games against low major opponents, put up some crazy numbers, but you just don't know how real that is. So I think both of these teams are kind of in the, in the same situation. They're, they're getting votes in the top 25. Uh, people are just not quite sure what to think about them yet. So I think it's going to be uh, somebody's going to come out of this game tonight, you know, with an elevated stature and, and probably enter the top 25 next week. Yeah, I agree. Mike, I've got to ask this. Trace Jackson Davis has had a monster season so far through IU's first two games. It seems he's made some improvements. It seems he's in better shape maybe than what he ever has been before. I think, in fact, Trace has said that a few times so far in the preseason. But I'm really curious to see him and see if he can go to work against a high major team that might have a little bit more to throw at him defensively and see if he continues these big, really almost unbelievable games he's been having. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And I think one of the things throughout his career that he struggled with a little bit is size, um, you know, size that's bigger than he is. So I think the primary guys he's going to be facing tonight, I think one six eleven and 255. And at times in his career, he's he struggled a bit, especially on the offensive end against those kind of guys, you know, guys that can hold their ground and you know put some length up against his his shot. Um, so so that'll be interesting to see, you know, where, where he's at in his progression playing against 
uh, bigs. Um, but but you're right. His his physical fitness and his intensity level in the first two games, you know, it's going to be real fun to, to watch how that translates. You know, not not only against a high major opponent, but against an up and down you know, in your face, full court press type opponent, you know, how, how does Trace impact like, that kind of game and can he maintain the energy? Cause he'll probably get, you know, as many minutes as he, as he can handle tonight. I've been particularly impressed. And he talked about this some yesterday with his, um, his ability to, to block shots. You know, he, he's always been a good shot blocker, but he's being asked to do it in, in a different kind of way. He, he's being asked to, to go out of his area. I hadn't even focused on this until he said it yesterday, but, you know, he said under Archie Miller, he, he, he wouldn't necessarily go for blocks, you know, as a rule, if somebody drove the paint, it would be more, you know, if it was in his area and otherwise he would just go look to block out his man. Now he's being asked to be the enforcer and anything that comes in the lane, he's being asked to, to attempt to block. And we saw how that translated at least against Northern, Northern Illinois. So that's another Really interesting thing to keep an eye on is kind of this newfound role for him as the enforcer in the paint and how that looks against high major competition. Mike, you know, one of the things that has stood out so far for IU Hoops is their defense. There seems to be some improvements, at least against Eastern Michigan and Northern Illinois. I think now we'll see if Indiana can ratchet up their defense as well against a high major opponent, and they'll need to do so. I saw that three players on the St. John's roster this season have already made at least six three-pointers, and the team is shooting 48% from three-point territory, which is really, really good. Uh, Indiana's going to have to get out on the perimeter and defend these guys tonight. Yeah, and I think there's a really interesting matchup that, that I'm going to be watching closely, and that's their their headline wing, Julian Champagny. I knew I'd butcher that name. <laughs> um, he's already averaging 21 points a game in 24 minutes. I think he was all Big East last year. Um, and he's a 6'8 guy that plays out on the perimeter more. So it, it's the matchup is interesting because – you know, I think if they go with the same starting five, it's a it's a guy that Race Thompson would would match up with. But I, I, you know, I'm not sure if he can handle that. Quite honestly, I think Champagne's more of a you know more of a wing, and, and we've seen Race take on some guys like that. But I think he's more comfortable against a more traditional power forward. So this could be a game where a Jordan Geronimo maybe ha- has a bigger role because I, I think that would be the, the more natural matchup there. But uh, you know, defensively across the board. I mean, this is this is the St. John team that's averaged 105 points a game over their first two games. Again, not not serious competition, but it, as you alluded to, 48 percent from three, which is a, a good number. I don't care who you're playing. Um, you know, 25 assists. So just just crazy numbers they're putting up, and also a couple former Big Ten guys that that people will. See, I think Montez Mathis, former Rutgers guard, starts for them, and then Aaron Wheeler, a former Purdue forward, comes off the bench. So a couple of guys that have gotten a little too comfortable winning in Bloomington over the last couple of years will we'll be making a return visit and no doubt are telling their teammates what, what this environment's going to be like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike, another thing that stands out to me when I, I look at this matchup tonight, you mentioned the word tempo, and I think that's a very fair word to use uh, when thinking about tonight's game, it should very well be up tempo. If I if I'm correct, St. John's is really going to put some pressure 
uh, on Xavier Johnson, Rob Finnessy, and the IU point guard specifically. So this will be a quick game, as you mentioned, and also I think a test for Johnson and Finnessy specifically to see what they look like against some tough defense. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think, at least at least to my ears, Mike Woodson was, was speaking music yesterday when he talked about and I'll paraphrase because this is the way I think about it is, you know, you have to attack pressure with pressure. You know, you can't just be content with breaking the full court press and then trying to set up. You, you got to make teams pay for kind of inordinately putting too much pressure, you know, down the floor. And if you break it you, and you create two on ones or three on twos, you, you got to go for those opportunities. Otherwise you're playing on your heels. I, I think I, grew accustomed to that sort of approach from the same person that, that Woodson did, you know, growing up in the, the Bob Knight years, everybody thought of Knight as a, a half court methodical motion offense guy. But when they played full court press teams, that they, they looked to, to make the team pay. No game stands out more than the UNLV final four game. Um, but, but they did that across the board, you know, going all the way back, as Woodson said yesterday, to his time there. So I, I'm really interested in that aspect of the game as well because I think Xavier Johnson thrives in that environment. He said yesterday he loves to play in those kind of games, and then you got a really confident backup in fantasy. So it, it, it's a great test for Indiana, and I'm really interested to see how they do. Mike, let's go to the Thornton's text line for a moment. The texter writes, Please ask Mike what IU men's basketball can do to improve its three-point shooting this season. Mike, if you've got the correct answer, whatever it may be to this question, I think Coach Woodson needs to consult with you ASAP. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I would have a job <laughs> if that was the case. Um, no, I, I don't think that there's an easy answer for that, unfortunately. I I think it's Part of it's just patience with this particular team. Um, you know, Woodson was asked about that yesterday as it relates to Miller Cop and, and Parker Stewart, you know, kind of their respective slow starts. He, you know, Woodson believes he can instill confidence in guys. And, and so I think you're just going to have to kind of take the long view and see how things play out over the course of the year. Um, you know, what can you really do with shooting? You can you can fix your mechanics if you had bad, bad mechanics. I don't think the, the primary guys that Indiana is looking to take shots have bad mechanics, at least, you know, nothing of any to any extreme level. And then, you know, getting reps in the gym is the only other thing. And so, obviously, we, we know those guys are doing that. There's, there's just a, a confidence element to it. I suspect that's what both Cop and, and Stewart are going through right now. Cop's really on an extended drought that goes all the way back to last year with Northwestern. So, you know, I, I think that's one of those things I think we, we probably talked about on, on this show before the season. I've talked to a lot of people about it is Cop and Stewart are, are starting, in my opinion, because they're, they're viewed to be the, the two best shooters on the team. I, I don't think they'll stick in those roles unless the numbers change. Other guys will get a shot. And they're just going to have to keep looking for rotations and, and guys that can actually make shots. I, I think as a overall observation, I think they have better shooters on this team than they have in the, in the last few years in the system that creates better shots. But, you know, I, I don't think there's any magic pill. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest, previewing IU St. John's, a big one tonight, 9 p.m. Speaking of uh, of tough home games here in this Gavit tip-off event, Last night uh, when I got in, I got a chance to see the last five minutes of the Michigan-Seton Hall game, 
and Michigan, uh, number four in the country at the top of the Big Ten, according to a lot of people. They took a L, a close one, a really good finish to that ball game at home last night. Yeah, and I'd have to go back and look at how Juwan Howard's teams have done early season. I, I My sense, and somebody could look this up and tell me I'm wrong, is that they've progressed over the course of seasons of, during his last, or his first couple of years. So I, I think that's especially probably going to be true because they've got such a young team that they're relying on a lot of freshmen, a lot of new faces. Um, so I, I still see them as one of the better teams in the league, not necessarily shocked that, that, that they lost to a, a pretty good high major program, albeit on the, on their home court. But, um, you know, I, I just think, you know, to the further to the point of, you know, what we're going to find out tonight about two teams. Um, I, I just think it's a, it's a early season feeling out process. I, I don't know how much we'll focus on that game down the stretch or if it's anything that really makes a statement about Michigan, but, but I could be wrong. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. All right, Mike, before we let you go, not really a prediction tonight, but keys maybe for an IU victory uh, if the Hoosiers in this first matchup against a high major opponent a nationally televised game. If they're going to come up victorious, what are a couple of things that have to happen in this ball game? Well, I think we mentioned some of them. I think you got to find somebody that can cover Champagny. You know, he's a, he's a guy that's he's going to get his points. He's a scorer naturally, so you're not going to shut him down. But you can't let the guy go for 35 tonight. So that that's a key one, just because he's such a unique matchup for the personnel that that Indiana has. I think, you know, to Woodson's point about attacking the press, um, they've got to be able to do that without some crazy turnover number. They've been really good at taking the care of the ball in the first two games. I, I suspect their turnover total is going to go up a fair amount tonight, but it can't be, you know, some crazy 25 turnover night. Um, you know, if Xavier Johnson, you know, starts to, to cough up the ball, he, he's just got to remain composed because I think he's he's really, to me, he's the key to this whole game is just his ability to to break that first line of pressure and then look to attack with his quickness. And then, then I'll give your, your texter uh, uh, some credit here. They're, they're going to have to make some three-point shots in this game. Um, I, I think, you know, St. John's, when it moves to the half court, they're probably going to, look to take away Trace, and they've got some size to potentially do that. So it's probably going to, you know, until Indiana can start proving that they can knock down shots, I think they're going to continue to get get those looks when it comes to defenses deciding between, you know, giving up three-pointers versus giving up space to Trace. Most definitely. All right, Mike Schumann, thedailyhoosier.com. He's normally with us on Tuesdays. You can hear his thoughts on IU basketball and some football as well. We'll we'll have you back on Tuesday, Mike. Thanks, as always, for being with us. Matt, always appreciate it. Have a good one. Absolutely. We'll head to a commercial break. A reminder, IU and St. John's tonight. It's a 9 p.m. tip-off. And, of course, the voice of the Indiana Hoosiers, Don Fisher, has the call right here on the Big X. We'll head to our final break. We're back after the break to talk with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Lots of local sports to chat about. New Albany football to the semi-state is headline number one, all presented by Major League Shirt Company. Stay with us for that discussion here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. 
Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back here on this Wednesday program. Josh Cook, he's the sports editor of the News and Tribune, always joins me on Wednesdays. This segment brought to you by Major League Shirt Company and always with us as we take a look at local headlines here with Josh each weekday, each Wednesday, I should say. And, Josh, we've got to start today with New Albany football. Kind of been a real surprise story. The Bulldogs had a great season, Hoosier Hills Conference champions and one of their best regular season records in some time, and I think the thought was there. You and I discussed it real early in the season that New Albany had a chance to win a sectional for the first time in 19 years. And not only did they win a sectional, but they've gotten hot and uh, won a, a regional championship as well, headed to the semi-state this Friday. Yeah, what an impressive performance uh, last week. Uh, beat you know Bloomington South, the team that beat them by 30 in the season opener. Just just an incredible turnaround. Uh, you know, obviously they had uh, New Albany had some guys who didn't play in the first game, and then Bloomington South didn't have some guys who played in the second game. But still, you know, just uh, just an incredible turnaround and uh, great performance by New Albany, especially in the second half. Uh, you know, shutting out Bloomington South and, and scoring 19 points themselves, and you know, it was it was just a great night for the Bulldogs. That's for sure. And uh, let's talk a little bit more about this New Albany team. They've had some seniors specifically that have really stepped up along the way uh, here in the tournament rounds to help them. Darrell Simmons at quarterback, uh, I've had a chance to watch him closely the last few weeks, and he's been very, very impressive for the Bulldogs. Yeah, he's had a, he's had a, just an outstanding season. He's been, you know, the the one constant uh, that, that they've had through injury or illness or any of that stuff. Uh, he's performed uh, every game. He's come up huge pretty much every game. He's um, you know, had 29, went into last week with 29 touchdowns and, and against only four interceptions. So that's really impressive. And then, uh, you know, he makes plays with his arms, uh, makes plays with his, makes plays with his arm and his feet, and then makes plays on defense too. He had just an absolutely huge uh, interception return for a touchdown last week that that gave New Albany uh, a lot of big momentum. And then, you know, obviously they've got the he's he's kind of the leader, but all their skill position kids. Uh, really have been playing varsity since they were sophomores and they've all had uh you know really good seasons and uh really good postseasons as well uh keandre winford and miles johnson uh jeraylen johnson uh daquan high and dejon winburn you know, all those guys have played really well and, and have gotten new albany to this point josh the one little knock on new albany football this season has been their defense uh, they just allowed too many points to be scored, and that's the reason when it came to Bloomington South the first game of the year or Gibson Southern in game two, some of the losses, they, they just couldn't stop their opponents. They were still able to score their own points, but they couldn't hold the other teams. The New Albany defense should get some credit for this little postseason burst as well. Uh, they've gotten better, and especially against Bloomington South, I thought uh, they were a much better defensive ball club than what we had seen at any other point of the season. Oh yeah, for sure. They, you know, that was just uh, a great performance, and, and you know they, they've played. Uh, they've they've kind of, you know, obviously they've improved as the season has gone along. You know, they uh, in the sectional they only gave up the seven points to Floyd Central, and I think those 
those points were in the first quarter, so they shut out Floyd Central in the uh, the final three quarters of their first sectional game. And then, uh, you know, they, the big thing, they lost one of their top defensive, well, their top tackler from last season, Varian Chambers, early, early, early in the season. Um, and so they've had to, they had to move some guys around and play some guys uh, um, maybe earlier than they, than they would have. But uh, uh, Miles Johnson has played really well on defense. He was, he had, uh, he was injured early in the season and uh, could only play defense, didn't want to take the hits on offense. So he's, he's, uh, he's been a constant two on defense, but uh, yeah, just a really big performance by the defense. Uh, you know, and the Lord knows they'll, they'll have uh, they'll have a big test this Friday night uh, against Cathedral. Yeah. I was going to be where I'm headed next. Uh, Cathedral uh, always good in high school football in five a, they have, won multiple state championships and uh, just a program that always seems to be at the top of the rankings in our state. So we know the challenge is big, but one thing I, I can't understand, I'm sure there's got to be a reason for it. You know, the semi-state game is being played at another location because in Indianapolis because Cathedral does not have a football stadium on their campus or their own stadium at all. I wonder with all the success they've had, not just in football and sports and being a private school as well, why they don't have a home football stadium. Maybe it's landlocked or no property, but I thought that was strange. Yeah, no, it is a good question. I'm not sure either, but, uh, you know, like the sales over in Louisville, they had the, they had the same thing. They didn't have a football field forever, but just recently in the last couple of years, they've, they were able to make some room on campus there and build a stadium. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. But, man, Cathedral, uh, just a unbelievable program. You know, the Finian State champs are 12-1 and this year. Only loss was to Center Grove, uh, the number one team in 6A that I think is nationally ranked. So, you know, just uh, it's going to be a tall task for Albany. Uh, Cathedral only allowing uh, eight points per game. So that's uh, that's tough. But New Albany's uh, – you know, Norman's on a roll. They, they've, uh, you know, they've they've pulled out some games here that maybe, uh, you know, it was it was uncertain if they would. But so, but they've got nothing to lose. You know, they're going up there with uh, nothing to lose and everything to gain. So we'll we'll see if they can take the momentum from the last few weeks and, uh, you know, make it to the first state finals in uh, program history. Yeah, no question. Talking with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. This segment brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. Uh, if you need your uh, apparel, T-shirts, uniforms, corporate wear, promotional items, let Major League Shirt Company outfit your team or organization today. You can find out more about what they offer at mlshirtco.com. That's mlshirtco.com. Josh, I want to hit on some high school basketball stuff. The boys practicing. There's some inter-squad scrimmages this week. Uh, have been some already. There's some scrimmages taking place this weekend as well. So we're almost to the real season with games on the boys' side, but the girls are underway. Last night, a couple things from your coverage that stood out to me. Jeffersonville absolutely hammered Providence in a very early season game in girls. And also for Borden last night, Emily Sissel had 40 points and set a couple records en route to that 40 points for their team. So uh, some interesting scores and results and individual performances so far. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff's off to a really good start. You know, Miss, Missy's got them playing well so far. Uh, they got a huge test Friday night when they play at Silver Creek. And, and speaking of Silver Creek, they've got a – They've got a huge game tonight when they host uh, Charlestown. That should be that th- those two are probably the big games of the week uh, as as far as the girls basketball goes. Charlestown tonight at Silver Creek, and then 
uh, Jeff at Silver Creek on Friday night. And those are going to be really good tests for, for uh, you know, all three teams to kind of show where they're at and uh, maybe what they can do this season. And then, uh, yeah, just Emily Sisley at 10 three-pointers last night. That's that's just uh, that's just crazy. And, you know, when she gets hot, I know, I know she can shoot. So when she gets hot, uh, you know, it just uh, rims, rims seems like it's big probably. And she was just throwing it in there last night. That's for sure. Josh, you wrote about 20 girls basketball players in our area to watch this season. Obviously, we don't need you to give us all the names. You can go to newsandtribune.com and uh, today's print edition to read more. But how, how deep is the area this year on the girls' side? I know we've asked your thoughts already this year about some of the top teams and who could maybe make some noise. But what about from an individual player perspective? Is this a good year with a lot of talent here in our area? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if it's as, I don't know if it's as good as last year because – you know, Silver Creek had all those, all those great players last year with uh, Marissa Gazaway and Alana Stiverson and, and Jacqueline Emily. But you know, it's still a really good season. Um, I think there's a lot of talent there. And you know, I, when you when you talk about talent there, you've got to start with uh, Kennedy Stiverson. You know, she's she was a great point guard last year for the uh, for the state championship team. And and you know, I'm sure she's just gotten better over the summer. And uh, I'm looking forward to maybe catching a little bit of her uh, uh, tonight against Charlestown. You know, she, she makes that team go, and, and she if, if ever there's anybody who stuffs the stat sheet, man, she, she does it. She does, uh, she does pretty much everything that, uh, that you can ask of somebody. Yeah, no question. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Again, you can read his coverage each day at newsandtribune.com and, of course, in the print edition of the paper as well. Josh, uh, basketball season is here. High school underway, college rolling as well. Some big college games tonight, of course, IU, and uh, lots of big ones ahead. Thanks for the chat today. Oh, thank you. And i got to give a shout-out to my daughter, Zuzu Cook, 13th birthday today. I've got a teenager. Absolutely. Happy birthday. <laughs> That's great. Josh Cook with us. Josh, thank you. Thank you, Matt. Have a good day. Major League Shirt Company, they can help you if you're looking to raise money for your team or event. Let their online fan stores work for you. You can outfit fans and raise money with very little effort. Major League even does the sorting. All you have to do is cash the check. You can find out more about Major League Shirt Company at mlshirtco.com. That's mlshirtco.com. That's going to wrap things up for this Wednesday program. Back with you Thursday at 11 a.m., a full recap of tonight's IU and St. John's game and plenty more. Stay with us here each weekday at 11 a.m. on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.